From the Catholic Archdiocese of Adelaide and ArchD Radio and Podcasting, this is the Parishes of Adelaide podcast for Wednesday, June the 10th. I'm your host, James Mester. This new podcast is one of the ways that, as an Archdiocese of many parishes, we can stay connected during this time when we are disconnected in a lot of ways. Every Wednesday, we'll be releasing a new episode that will feature conversations with different parishes to see how they are staying connected with their congregations at the moment. Today, we'll be spending time at the Aberfall Park and Norlunga Seaford parishes. I first stopped in at Aberfall Park and met with Father Santiago, Pastoral Associate Bianca, and Webmaster, Email News Editor, Parish Volunteer, Ron. We started with Father Santiago reading this Sunday's Gospel. My sisters and brothers, I'm reading to you the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 51 to 58. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The theme, my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Jesus said to the Jews, I'm the living bread which has come down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh for the life of the world. Then the Jews started arguing with one another. How can this man give his flesh to eat? They said. And Jesus replied, I tell you most solemnly, if you do not eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will not have life in you. Anyone who does eat my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life. And I shall raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood lives in me and I live in him. As I who am sent by living Father myself draw life from the Father, so whoever eats me will draw life from me. This is the bread come down from heaven, not like the bread our ancestors ate, they are dead, but anyone who eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. My sisters and brothers, this weekend we are going to celebrate the most holy body and blood of Jesus. What is given to us by Christ as a memorial or remembrance, we can say, of his great sacrifice of love is very precious to us believers. The Second Vatican Council rightly proclaimed that Eucharist is the source and summit of Christian life that is very central to our life and around which our life revolves. There is a very touching incident that came to light eight days after a, a terrible earthquake in 1988 in Russia, a place called Armenia. Rescuers found a three-year-old child alive under the rubble and her mother was almost dead. Everyone was shocked to learn what the mother did. When her daughter was crying of thirst time and again, this 26-year-old Susanna's love for the child could not hold on. She used a piece of glass to slice her index finger and gave her daughter to suckle. And she did it time and again. I knew I was going to die, she said, but I wanted my daughter to live. This mother was not only brave, but also displayed a true mother's love for her child. She wanted her child to live even at the cost of her life. 
despite the greatness and uniqueness of this mother's sacrifice what Christ did for us is more profound and divine for a Jew the blood of a lamb was important for atonement of sins here Christ offered his blood as ransom the cost price on the cross to save us from eternal death he has gained for us an eternal life and along with it he has given us the mystery of the eucharist as a memorial of that sacrifice of love so eucharist has significance of temporal as well as for eternal issues that are there in our life before it happened on the altar of the cross he at the table he gave us this memorial he offered us a great sustenance the bread of life in today's gospel i quote he said i am the living bread that came down from heaven this bread was parallel to the manna but anyone who ate this bread will live forever eucharist as a memorial i just want to take you to my another experience when i visited victor harbor i was attracted by a huge beautiful memorial cross but i was touched when i read lest we forget but it took me some time to understand that it was it meant the noble sacrifices of the late soldiers likewise eucharist is a memorial memorial of the great mission that jesus accomplished on the cross out of love for you and me and not only this memorial but everything that precedes that is his teaching and that follows his resurrection and our share in it and our eucharistic congregation that unites us you not know, to carry this great event into our life and to, into the life of the world bread is a daily need of ours without which we cannot survive without which we can have no strength without which we have no life in us when jesus presents himself us in the eucharist he tells us that he is as important and as necessary as the fruit and drink one who feeds on me will have life because of me he said the present pandemic has proved enough how much we thirst and value this memorial given by jesus is nurtures and it sustains us we have realized what we always believe that eucharist not only nurtures our souls but our well-being as well which many of us also forget no it builds our well-being through the community that completes us in so many ways because we are not island we are a better person and better people in a community and eucharist build that community when we worship together at this time when the world is crying for equality and dignity for every person eucharist is an inspiration for us where we learn to live in brotherhood and like christ we are called to be completing his mission to the world to reach out this equality and brotherhood in the world to conclude the most precious body and blood of jesus are the most precious gifts given to us by jesus the holy eucharist contains the church entire spiritual wealth and during this time we have realized how much we missed it in celebrating but i also love that so many of us have realized that we can still live it more powerfully and gracefully without even the common worship but worship is that which energizes charges us and our full us with the glory of christ amen
So Bianca, what for you has been the big, as you know, Father Santiago is talking about, I mean, this is really one of the readings that focuses on the importance and the, the sacredness of what the Eucharist is. And it's something that as Catholics, we feel very strongly, the whole purpose and importance of the Eucharist is incredibly strong. For you, what's been the biggest challenge in maintaining a parish community at a time when we can't come together and experience the Eucharist together? That was firstly the biggest difference, the importance of that aspect of coming together as a community of believers. It's very important for us here at the Parish of Nativity that we really do feel like a family. So to then all of a sudden have that cut off was an immense shock to, to everyone. And so from there we were like, well, how are we going to still maintain that community feel without actually physically being together? So what was your first, just to interrupt, like what was your first thought that you had when you, when all of this came down and you realized we can't gather? What was the first thing you thought when you heard that? Complete disappointment and, and a feeling of emptiness and loss. Um, just immense loss that we could not be together because it's it's more than just about worshiping together it's growing as that family mm. getting to know each other more personally how was your week how is the family what's coming for the week ahead so there was that aspect of loss so the challenges that, that that you faced in keeping that together what was the challenge that you perhaps might not have foreseen has become maybe one of the key things that you um have had to work with over this time Contacting people, um, simple as it sounds, is you realise very quickly we don't have appropriate data collection or up-to-date censuses, um, correct contact information because you don't realise that all of a sudden you're disconnected with everyone, that you're going to need to be able to contact them with phone numbers, emails, addresses even, you know, if you want to drop something off to a family do we have your most recent and accurate information? You know, people are getting emails all the time. Our last database was taken in 2016, which doesn't seem that long ago, but it is in the world that we live in today. We're moving in such a fast-paced world that many people in the last four years have disconnected their home phone number, now got a mobile and an email, which we have no record of. So here we were all of a sudden quickly disconnected from everyone and thought, right, let's start contacting people how are we going to do that without their contact information? So how did you do it? <laughs> it, took, it took time. And and firstly and foremost, I will get Ron to talk mostly about it, but for many, many years in our parish, at our parish council, we had talked about new ways of contacting people through a parish website. And we had spent many time talking and talking and talking about it. So in this new um, era where the internet is so important, we thought, right, now's the time we have to do it. So uh, Ron very quickly watched, well, we need to just move forward with that now and actually action it. But then there was the case too of who doesn't have the internet, our older parishioners that might not have that, that we still needed to remain contact with in other ways. So we knew that within our plan of, of how we were going to stay as a community at Aberfoyle Park, we had to have a series of way. So it couldn't just be all the eggs in one basket. It needed to be many layers mm. in which that we could still stay in contact with people. But we did start with the website and from that it developed that we knew that the census had to 
be updated and, and evolve as well. Was there any one moment where you just went far out? Who would have thought that this would have been a problem? I think if I look at my job description, that certainly is is the challenge and what I thought, you know, um, over the past many years, it's, um, I'm in the seventh year here at Aberfoyle Park, my role has certainly evolved, but this pandemic has definitely showed me, okay, what can I do now as the pastoral associate at Aberfoyle Park? My, my job description is completely changed. I never thought that this would be it, that I'm ringing people to, to stay in touch with so many different people um, at how are you going and and now we're lucky to be able to booking people in for mass but I just thought I never thought I'd ring people to book them for mass <laughs> you know that just that, that is to me is is mind-blowing and what what are those phone calls like it, it's weird coming from my aspect for sure um, but the parishioners just feel overwhelmed with joy that I have made yeah. the effort to ring them um, and it's an opportunity to just re-engage with them. You know, yes, we miss you um, and and we can't wait till we can all come back together. But for now, on behalf of the parish, we, we just we want to check on you. Are you going okay? Are you in self-isolation still? Or would you like to come to, to one of our available mass times? And just to also check, is your information correct? How can we further support you? You know, just to open that door to say, please keep in touch with us. Um, ring us, email us if there's anything that, that we can help you with. And this must have like real unexpected positives because all of a sudden there's a lot more effort being made to actually reach out and include people in a way that hasn't been before. I mean, this is a lot more old school in terms of the things that you do. But is this something that you're seeing now as going, this is something that is a, is a really wonderful um, opportunity that we've been given? Should we continue this in some way? Or when everything resumes back, is it going to be hard to, to get that time back? Yes and no. Look, I've been saying for years, and many of the things that we do at Nativity in um, celebrating about coming to community when we've had women's breakfasts or um, youth events, it comes down to personal invitation. And this is just such a reminder of that because that's what people like. You can advertise things in your bulletins. You can host events. Um, and same, you know, we've, we've put on our website, Mass is now open, but I still think it's that that personal touch, that connecting with them, hello, this is Aberfoyle Park, we really want you to come to, to the mass, to the event, whatever it is that's happening. So it's a really strong reminder that people really love that, mm. that they feel valued and needed at the parish, whether it's a job to do or attending something. Yeah. So I think perhaps we need to make that a priority and we can look at time as as being something that might be an obstacle but I think when we look at our priorities that that needs to be one that personal touch um, within the community. It must be challenging though Ron especially with um, Aberfoyle Parish being something that uh, is a parish that does do a lot of extra things a lot, a lot it's a lot more than just mass alone I'm just looking you've got your your big um, yearly planner here and there's like all of these extra things that, that get added to it as well you've got that wonderful care factor program as well for it's kind of like a, like an Antioch youth sort of thing um, how has it been being parish without the mass without those extra things happening because I'm imagining that all of those things would have had to have been cancelled at least for a period of time. Has it made you think differently about what parish is or what parish could be? 
The uh, real uh, difference that we've, we've seen with, with the COVID-19 uh, situation has been that uh, we've had to look at ways of, as Bianca said, of joining, which we hadn't really thought about before. Um, one of the uh, uh, first things that we discussed was, well, We've got a website. We did have a website. It's about ten years old, and oh, wow. classic design, GeoCities, <laughs> and uh, and look, it did the job. But uh, our latest data shows that uh, almost sixty percent of the people who are accessing our website, and we're getting hundreds, literally, uh, we've had over thirteen hundreds in three months since the new site launched, and sixty uh, percent from mobile phones. And GeoCities website, the old factor, doesn't look very good. No. And I think the other thing too, we thought, well, look, with this opportunity, and which we had to work very quickly, although we had a prototype, I think going for a year, almost an elephant's gestation in trying to bring this about. But uh, in, in uh, Father said some very sage words uh, to me. He said, uh, look, I said, how are we going to get this website going so soon after the uh, after crisis has started? And Father said, sometimes, Ron, you just have to go in and, and do it. Don't wait for consensus. Just show people what's available. He said, that's what happens in India. And yeah. he said, uh, just try it here and see how we go. And, and I the think someone actually told me once, I said, on the... Um at Google, uh, on the wall in like big lettering, it actually says about for where everyone works, it says, done is better than perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Perfection is the enemy of the good. Mm. Um, and uh, so we, we, we tried a, a few things uh, on a website. The great thing uh, with what we have now is that it can be updated instantly. Yeah. Uh, within five minutes we can have new information up there it looks great across whatever platform you're using and uh, in fact parishioner just phoned me the other day and said ron uh that might be them on the phone now <laughs> <laughs> yes, I told them that. <laughs> but they said in a sense the website is the glue that's keeping our parish together at this particular point yeah. in time uh, as bianca said you still have to do the personal no there's no way about that but we've even had uh, many early uh, parishioners who said no i want to find out more about this web and they're getting their kids to show them how to yeah or give me a hand-me-down phone or laptop and and i can have a look and and discover the the, the new ways of, of doing things it's those it's those unexpected things that happen those unexpected good things that you never would that never would have happened if we haven't had this Along. Has there been one particular moment uh, for you that's been um, sort of like a real standout shining moment uh, through this whole period? Oh, my goodness. Would have been a week after we launched the website, which we we put Father Sands reflections there. It's so they're so beautiful, mm. uh, and in fact, we keep a whole log of them now because people keep getting back to us and saying how wonderful it is to hear him in their living room. Uh, but uh, the very first phone call being three or four days afterwards, uh, after the website launched, and we sent out a whole 35 emails. We thought it was fantastic. Uh, we're now up to 120. And the family concerned, it was an older parishioners, uh, elderly, and they said, Ron, they said, uh, we haven't been able to go to Mass now for six months. And they said, this is fantastic. We feel part of the community again. We can see all the events. We can hear Father San. And I was dumbfounded because, well, the whole purpose of, of fast-tracking the website was to bring the people who currently come to Mass. And here are people who can't come to Mass because they're infirmed. 
And I thought, never really thought uh, that would be a use for for a website to keep connected with the people. And it's obvious when you think about it, Mm. but it wasn't in our psyche at, at the time. An opportunity for a quick message to everyone out there in the Archdiocese of Adelaide from Aberfoyle Parish. Give each of you a chance to to do this. Father Sam, what would you like to say to people? Uh, People of Adelaide, I'm coming from India and this is my third year. What I saw in the beginning, I was very disappointed. I found very few kids and young people in the church. But when I came to Aberfoyle Park, what a lovely parish it is. We have a few families coming with their kids as well as grown up. And I know I have learned that it has a history. Antioch group, that the youth group, and the another children's group has contributed to it. And it is wonderful to have young people around us when we celebrate the liturgy. If I dig around in the history of those who are around us in the worship, in the church, and they also points out that they they were part and parcel of those young groups. It points out that they have picked up something from what was taught to them, and that is very precious. But this pandemic situation has also have given me a deep realization that the faces that we see may be of simple people, but they are wonderful souls, lovely hearts, and, and that's beautiful. And I think uh, amidst the storm that has gone past by beside this pandemic, I think if we continue this way, we have a great future. The future is in you and in each one who still believes and carries on these worships. For me to extend on that reminder that Father Santiago was giving us, which came from um, Bishop Greg um, in the middle of the pandemic, that the churches are not closed, that we are in fact the church. And um, one of the themes that we have adopted here at Aberfoyle Park is from one of my favourite readings from um, Micah 6.8, is to act justly and to love tenderly and walk humbly with God. And through this, it is a real reminder that within our homes and still with those around us, that we can show the love of Christ to others. And we just maybe need to think of that in new ways. I think uh, uh, both Bianca and Father have summed up the situation beautifully. Uh, we are a, a family parish, uh, many young families, uh, which, which is wonderful. And, and I guess in, in thinking about it, we even with our uh, website development, we have very much encouraged the family and the family liturgy with links to the Archdiocese uh, website as well, which has some wonderful family liturgy resources. Um, but I'm going to give a plug now for the ArchD uh, podcast because for the first time that I can remember, we're starting to have a sticky beak or, if you like, do some benchmarking with other parishes to see what's going on there. And it's been absolutely fascinating to hear the different ways that parishes have have uh, uh, solved a similar problem. And while many of the ways have been similar, many there's been many new ideas too, which uh, I've certainly enjoyed. Is there, is there one that stands out to you? Because I'm sure they'd love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I think just the concept of... Uh, a family mass in the living room. I think one of the parishes uh, 
Uh, I can't remember which ones now. There are so many <laughs> that I've listened to. Well, I know that Croydon Park have, have done that a lot more because with the Vietnamese community, with the, the mass really being at the centre of everything that they do, the idea, I think it was Father Long there at Croydon mm -hmm. Park talking about working with the families, how to set up their own sacred spaces, which I found incredibly moving when he was talking about that. Absolutely. And uh, and then being able to share it over, over the net. Mm. Uh, that, that's a wonderful thing too. Again, for the parishioners who can't make it to, to mass we can't forget about those those people uh, and uh, even educating our, our older uh, our people too who perhaps are interested and would like to be able to use uh, the new technology but uh, uh, I think both their children their friends and uh, indeed the, the church itself uh, can offer training in, in how to come up to the new technology it's not going to go away it's only become more and more embraceive and we can't lose these people as Bianca said we're currently reaching out with uh, with uh, taking bulletins around personally and that's always going to be important the personal element but uh, a wonderful thing with the, the technology that we've got now we can have instant information just just there uh, and put it up so quickly and it's that sharing I've got this little thing on, on my mobile phone and I know when someone's clicking into the website and uh, so uh, it's is this new is this a new thing uh, well it's part of the platform that we've got okay so uh, yes it, it is. comes with Wix yes yeah. uh, and uh, so <coughs> someone logs in I don't know who it is but I, I hear these little dings and uh, usually after we send out an, an email on a Friday night we get a few people logging in we get a little ding every half an hour or something like that oh it's working but it was uh, two weeks ago when we sent out the email and I entitled the, the header mass is back uh, with restrictions mm -hmm. well uh, the phone was sitting on the table and we were having tea that night with my son who came up to visit and every five minutes it was going ding <laughs> ding <laughs> and my son said there's something wrong with your phone is your battery running down <laughs> he's dinging I said, he's no. just jealous he thinks you've got a better social life than he does <laughs> <laughs> From Aberfoyle Park, I headed to Norlunga Seaford Parish to meet with Father Josie. Now, when I arrived, we went into a meeting room to do the recording, but it felt like a bit of a non-vibey place to have a good conversation. But as we were heading there, though, I saw a much better spot to chat and suggested we go there instead. And Father Josie happily agreed. We're actually inside the St. Luke's Church at the moment. Um, everything's here. You've got the, um, the sacrament out for people to see in the monstrance to be able to engage yeah, in yeah, silent yeah. prayer silent worship yeah but then you look at this beautiful display here in the front of the church with the candles and the monstrance and everything like that it looks lovely but then you turn around yeah you look at this church which i've seen so many times yeah. but never like this exactly. with you know pews roped off with what looks like police line do not cross tape <laughs> exactly how is it like how how are things at the moment like um I guess now you're actually able to um, celebrate Mass now with, yeah. with people here. Yeah. Has, has it been a welcome change to be able to start doing that again? Yeah, um, it has been really hard for me, especially during those initial days when uh, restrictions fell in place. Mm. Mm. Do you remember the first time you actually yeah. had to celebrate Mass but with nobody there? I had to simply look at the pews and do the Masses. It was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. A, yes, it was a heartbreaking experience because uh, uh, when I don't see my people around me or before me when I do the masses, it is really painful. But then I came to a kind of uh, I came into terms with that and started celebrating masses more 
for my people looking at the pews especially uh, when I see the palms I have placed on every pew I noticed that yeah. representing my people that was done on Palm Sunday yeah uh, I told my people this is how I feel connected to them and they feel connected to me I do pray for each one of them somehow I get a sense that they are worth me even during ordinary days when we have no established masses I look at these views I look at those fans and do the masses I derive a kind of fulfillment a sense of fulfillment deep within me when I do that. The government has started easing uh, some of the restrictions, so people are coming to daily masses, but then we are strictly adhering to or following the restrictions. Yeah. Yesterday night we had uh, uh, more than 20 people uh, for the mass. Uh, usually we have a Wednesday mass in the evening. It's a candlelight mass. Many people wanted to come. We had to restrict. It was was really painful people don't feel that good when I start to control or put restrictions on them I was having a conversation with someone about this the other day and we were talking about the whole nature of needing to restrict the amount of people coming to mass almost goes against the whole notion of what mass is exactly it is a big offense to the people uh, everybody knows that there are restrictions in place still it is really hard for me to communicate to the people therefore you know what I do I keep someone at the foyer. I make those people talk uh, yeah. instead of me talking to the people because I don't uh, like to see them going back without attending MS. Yeah. Uh, it, it is it is very hard. So what then, as a parish, as a priest, and as a, as a whole parish with your team that you've got here, what have you done and what are you doing in order so that the people in your congregation know that the spirit is with them yeah uh, there are many things that we have been doing i call them up i send out emails we send out newsletters we upload everything onto the website therefore the people can see what is happening uh, then i reach out to them when they are in need especially when they are sick i rush to them i go to the hospitals i go to the nursing homes for anointing and if there is anyone falling sick and if they are serious i'm there always uh, to help them out. Yeah. yeah. So through all this, there has been you know a lot of moments of challenge. You're identifying what that that is and how that is like. Has there been any moments for you that have been kind of special that stand out that may not have happened if these restrictions hadn't been in place? Uh, this has been something so good of my parishioners. Uh, they have been calling me calling me up to know how I am. Right. Yeah. And this uh, is unusual, yeah, I know. Uh, this has been very unusual. And I am also exposed to the same threat. Uh, yeah. And I go around the flies, you know. So I, I do experience the threat, but they are really uh, concerned about me and they care for me. Uh, that has been wonderful. Yeah. Has your... Um, perception of what you believe church is and what you believe parish is has it been forced to change through this maybe maybe forced to change or it's just changed on its own because you've seen that priorities can sometimes sit in different places than because we, we do mass 
all the time. The, the, the life of a parish has become a very formal. sort of prescribed, yeah, very formal yeah. way of doing it. When something like this comes along, we've got to do things a little bit differently. Yeah. Has, has what you believe parishes or churches, has it changed through this experience? To put it bluntly, I feel so controlled. When I do the masses, I need to take necessary precautions, yeah. which I never did in the past. It is only because of this present situation. I cannot reach out to my people or handshake with them. Yeah. Uh, I can just uh, maintain a safe distance and say hello to them. And I do miss my, I do miss the nearness and closeness of my parishioners. Uh, it has uh, almost become like a business thing. Right. Yeah, I, I feel terribly bad about it, but then we can't help. What sort of feedback is are your parishioners giving you? Is everyone really looking forward to getting back to mass as soon as they can? Clearly they are. They are looking forward to, they are eagerly waiting, I would say. Yeah. Eagerly waiting to get back to the church and to uh, have the mass as and when they want. Uh, because uh, uh, when I do my Sunday masses, it is very painful uh, to have only 20 persons inside the church uh, because we, ha uh, we have uh, a full house most of the time when I do masses, especially on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. It must be hard. That must it be must really, be really hard. And many call me up. Uh, on a regular basis, uh, basis uh, ask me to permit them to come to church and attend the Mass. Even today, many call me up. Uh, now we have two Masses uh, on Sunday, I mean coming Sunday. Uh, I think uh, the first Mass is at 9 uh, a.m. and the second Mass is at 10.30, I mean half past 10. Um, both the Masses are filled in. I cannot accommodate anymore. And tomorrow and day after, they are going to call me up. What will I say? These are the difficulties I do encounter and it is not simple. So in a way, is it simpler when, it, in a way, I'm not saying that it's better, but in a way, was it simpler when no one was allowed to come? And that means that you don't have to say no to anyone. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, uh, I took a lot of time to come into terms with that reality. Yeah. But I would say, yeah, um, probably that was better because there is no parish without its people. No parish priest exists without his people. How do I call me a parish priest when my people are not around me or with me? Parishes of Adelaide is a production of ArchD Radio and Podcasting for the Catholic Archdiocese of Adelaide. You can subscribe to this podcast and have it delivered to your device every Wednesday as soon as it's released on whatever platform you're listening to it on right now. Music in this episode is from Lee Rosevere and Hyde. If you think there are other people who may enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. And if there are others you know or in your parish who don't have the technology to listen to podcasts on their phone, iPad, computer or other digital device, we can make CDs of this podcast available. Please contact me via email, that's in the show notes, and we'll work out how to get those to you. You can also ring on our message line and record your own message to the Archdiocese for inclusion on the next episode. As this podcast is all about parishes and parishioners of Adelaide, it seems only fitting that we feature all those voices as much as we can. 
I'll include the number in the podcast show notes too. But if you call 8301-6633, that's 8301-6633, and follow the prompts, you can be heard on the next episode of Parishes of Adelaide. It'd be great to hear from you. And if you want to hear some of the other podcasts we make here at RHD, we have four others we produce, all to do with different aspects of Catholic education and Catholic life. You can see them all on our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook, look for RHD Radio and Podcasting, and they're all there. My name is James Meston. I look forward to catching up with you again next Wednesday. See you next week.